Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, listeners, before we get to your show, this is a blast from your past. Were you hanging around in the 90s watching Nickelodeon before you got too old for it and started smoking weed and doing drugs? Well, then you should know us. This is Danny Tamborelli and... And this is Michael C. Morona. We're here to ask you to check out our podcast, The Adventures of Danny and Michael. And here's our on-air producer, Jeremy, to tell us what you'll be hearing. You can hear things like... Minisodes, full episodes, nostalgia dumps, interviews with some of today's hottest comedians. That's right, Jeremy. All of those things and more. So check us out. The Adventures of Danny and Mike on the Seltzer Kings Network. Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three guys watch their way through Sex in the City for the first time ever, mostly. I'm Corey Cavan. I'm Kevin James Doyle. My name is John Sieber. Gosh. And we're I'm- bringing you some new content. Wow, wow, wow. Have this you ever done re-watched. something you've never done before? <laughs> Have you ever stepped into a world you've never been in before? That's well, what you're in right now. Buckle up. Here's here's the deal. Listen, we're getting to the end of the series. And as we've said from the very beginning, once we watch the last episode, are we watching the movies? Yes. Once we're done with the movies, one and two, we are all going to go to one of the most iconic bridges in Sex and the City. We're going to jump off, and that's the end of the podcast. That's what? it. What's what the iconic, iconic bridge in Sex and the City? What bridge anyone, whichever to? one's tall enough. This, it's, dude, it's can't... the one where, where Big fell in, or where Carrie fell into the water in Central Park, and we'll be fine. Yeah, she yeah. Didn't, and it's she a... just fell like kind of under that bridge. She yeah. was just at the boat place. Yeah, and we'll we're be gonna... okay. Um, no, once we're done with the um, the series, we have plenty more to do. But we there's a few episodes throughout the series that we've, you know. We're watching this for the first time. We didn't anticipate how much the one was going to be the one episode for right. our fans. These are some people's favorite episode ever. Right. And so sh- go ahead, Corey. We should give a, we should give some context as to what you're saying. We we have done this episode before. We've already seen this. We watched it uh, a couple episodes ago with the women of the Self Helpless podcast, mm-hmm. and and uh. It was a great episode. They were super funny. And we had six people on the mics. I think you probably remember in the beginning of the episode where one of them just said, this is a bad idea because there's so many people. (laughs) And it was not a bad idea. It was a really great episode. It was awesome. But there is It did give us an opportunity to do those classic Sex in the City story deep dives that we've become known and loved for. That's true. When we we did have people reach out that said, "I like that. I liked the episode, but I I feel like it. I wish I would have had some JTB time yeah. for you guys to really go deep into it because some big things happen in this episode. Sometimes you need a little JTB time. Like we yeah. we we all just need a little bit of JTB. We um we rewatched the episode. Uh, we like many of you who rewatch Sex and the City. We texted. Uh, we sent out the bad signal and said, "Hey, let's rewatch the one." Kevin and I were eating dinner. Corey, I think you were making dinner. And so we had it on and, uh, and we refreshed ourselves with the episode and we're ready to take, um, a deep dive into this episode. Yeah. Uh, we know it's a fan favorite and we want to give it the respect that it deserves and, uh, the tangents that we may have missed. Mm -hmm. Uh, also it's kind of funny. There's already some foreshadowing that, uh, we missed the first time through such as the Big Mac joke. Yeah, like yeah. Petrovsky talking to Carrie about or Carrie about the Big Macs, and we know two episodes later they leave the Met and go get a uh, go get Big Mac Big Macs themselves. 
Yeah. Yeah. They go to old Mickey D's. Did they go to the McDonald's at West fourth or did they go to another one? No. Cause it, they would have been, they would have been up on the upper West right. side. It looked like the double decker McDonald's, which is why I asked that the McDonald's at West fourth has a balcony. It looked uh, like that one. Shoe. That one has that particular McDonald's has a YouTube video from seven years ago. That's pretty horrific. Oh, does um, it really? Cause I got an ice cream, a cone big fight dollar. Well, I got a dollar ice cream cone there the other day and, they fixed everything because it was delicious. Dude, you like um, dollar, you like dollar cones? Dude, I love dollar cones. Listen, <laughs> dollar too. cones. They have them at Chick Fil A. They have them at McDonald's. There's a little Ooh. place called QT. It's a it's a mega what? gas station in like the Mid Atlantic South. Talking about Quick Trip? Yeah, you you know Quick Trip? Oh, come on, man. That's nationwide, hey, is it? I think so. It might be. They it just got to where I grew up. Listen, if you're a Quick Trip fan. Throw a comment into any of our social medias. Just write QT. Don't it, write 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 QT and do the little ice cream cone emoji. And if you stop at uh, Flying J, get the fuck off our podcast. Get out of here. If get you go here. to she- if just you go to the- Sheets, I prefer Flying J. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I like do you really. The, I like the J. I do. I gotta say, Wait, I I want to I, I want to cover. This is what I want to know. What do you think Sarah Jessica Parker and Petrovsky's orders were at at mcdonald's that's a great a couple episodes later um, um i wonder if they split a 20 piece nugget but they only ate three nuggets i mean my my favorite uh order from mcdonald's is something that uh i heard from jack black describe a long time ago and it's the mcsurf and turf deluxe are mm. you all familiar with that i mean i could guess what it is but keep fish going. filet quarter, quarter pounder with cheese take off the bun fish filet take off the bun sandwich them together with a layer of french fries in between Good God. McSurf and Turf so, Deluxe. Delicious. That's great. I, uh, I gotta say, I just, it's a I piece just of art go, too, so Petrovsky would like it. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. Instead of double cheeseburger, which are $2, you just get a McDouble. It's like 80 cents less, and all the difference between a McDouble and a double cheeseburger is just one piece of cheese. You get the McDouble. You get the buffalo sauce. It's just frugal Kevin right there. I know that is right there. I'm like going even frugal at McDonald's. Why? Why? How is that? Yeah, frugal. Here, here's frugal here's is my great. thing. Because guess what? McDonald's is is tricking a bunch of fucking people into spending <laughs> 80 cents more for cheese. My, Sorry that I gamed their system. They're, my, did you know my favorite thing about my, this is? is we favorite, were like, let's deep dive the episode and yes, talk about the story we, bots. And now we're in an argument about frugality at McDonald's. Oh, my man. favorite thing, though, about not only you, but any of us being frugal at any place oh, is like, man. yeah, here's what you do. You do. You, you don't do this one. You do that one. And then cut to like three months from now and it's like yeah i'll take another four gin and sodas yeah <laughs> i'll sit outside in new york and have four more drinks for 14 dollars a piece meanwhile you i don't i don't want to pay extra for that quarter pounder uh serious mcdonald's cheeseburger versus mcdouble oh There's my gosh someone is it. someone is so into law theory dude i <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm not getting gamed by McDonald's or anybody else. I'll say else. this. I'll say this. The quarter pounder is a solid choice across the board. A little too rich, but very solid. Well, I guess they would. I I, I would think that. Um, I Carrie Bradshaw getting uh, McDonald's I, is a bit of a plot twist. They don't have. I feel like the modern day. Um, there's like pretty good eating habits on this show. And I feel like, I feel like there's way more like obsessive Instagrammy diet culture now. Like if this show is made now, what? In other TV shows or, or I don't know if in TV shows, but it's like, um, I mean, this episode in particular had some like pretty interesting eating. It did. It had had Carrie at McDonald's. It had Miranda like crushing an enormous cookie. And then they it go had, to Russian samovar and just dig in on some herring yeah, and, there's some herring and, and beets. They go all in on a Russian feast. Yeah, yeah. This is an like none food of them, episode. none of them are juicing or or no. or on like weird diets and stuff. Which I've, there's always diets, but I feel like we are at peak health food fad and yeah. people talking well, about. I feel it. like back then, what early two thousands? <laughs> was that was that still like the low fat? I feel like that was at your or South Beach diet. You're probably okay. South Beach then, yeah. But so she, you know what's interesting about Sex and the City is they do a lot of diner time. They're always doing diner time, and they never, no one's ever ordering like an egg white omelet. They're always at the diner. This is not the first time we've seen McDonald's. Carrie and Big get McDonald's. Yeah. Um, and she brought it, it over. 
Yeah. And then, you know, bucket of fried chicken when she got stoned with that guy. Like, yeah. There's a lot of New York eating in this show, which makes sense. Like, you know, like, I mean, we all have it like friends that live in Los Angeles. And I mean, like I would say the three of us, we talk about diets like we're pretty healthy uh -huh. people. But I think in L.A. you have more friends stereotypically, but also true that, you know, get more into juicing. Nobody smokes, stuff like that. And then or at least I guess that is more stereotypical. But then I mean. How many times with either one of you have I been out at two in the morning and gotten more than one slice of pizza in the past? Dude, like, it's funny year, that you're talking about that because the last time I got McDonald's at two in the morning was when I was with you all in Los Angeles. <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh. You're absolutely right. That's the yeah. same for me. Yeah. Wow. Um, what a paradox. Shout out to all Jen. Right. Let's talk yeah. about um, right, Charlotte's miscarriage. So no, Okay. <laughs> Hard left. Hard left. Remember, no. we, remember we used to do hard lefts hard a long left. time ago? Wow. Uh, they just became part of part of the, the fabric. There was no need yeah, to call exactly. it out anymore. Yeah. No, it's just what it um, is. Where, where are we going to start with this one? We, we, we have I think, four, four major plot points. Um, we have Samantha's gray pube getting older. We have Charlotte's miscarriage. We have, um, we have Carrie meeting Petrovsky. Mm -hmm. And then I think like the big, big, storyline in this one is Miranda, Robert, laundry room time, which by the way, if Ma didn't bring over or if Ma didn't tell her to put the cake in the laundry room, would they have ever said I love you to each other? Is Ma the reason that maybe because you got to take the cake where it can be cool. Yeah. She's the yeah. I um let's start with Miranda and Steve. Let's not let's not bury the lead. Let's not bury let's bury Robert Leeds. All right. Okay. Oh, you know what? Before we start with that, I want to throw one thing out and we can come back to it as we go. I feel like we're we're almost at the end of in the rewatch here, we're almost at the end of 6A. The series itself has taken on a a different feel and I feel like we're watching like an early 2000s New York movie. Mm. Down to like the music, down to the costumes, down to the way the show looks. Like yeah. It just feels like a bigger show and I yeah. feel like that kind of that kind of like Co like colored and changed a lot of what and it not in a way that I was like this is not sex in the city but there was something where i was like i feel like i'm watching something like a movie that came out around the time devil wars prada came out or something yeah what was like that like there was a the high pitch music vibe oh going my gosh the whole what thing. was i don't that? know what yes. what even instrument that was i, I liked I it know. I, I liked it too man it started when like carrie and charlotte were sitting on the couch and mm -hmm. and Carrie, who I'll stay stand by my guns, great friend this episode. Yep. I like agree. um is like counseling Charlotte and that music well, comes her, in. And Ooh. her advice to her advice to Miranda was 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 very good. Like it was firm. It was like some good Dr. Phil tough love, but also like there was like some some patience with her too. There was just like, listen, you can't do that. We gotta go to bed. You know, like sometimes mm -hmm. Sometimes you just want to have a friend to wallow with, which is great. And then sometimes you need those friends Shut that are down. just going to be like, hey, turn off we, could, and we could do this for another hour. Yeah. But mm -hmm. what you really need, you know, like I feel like we've had that, Corey or John, like sometimes when it's like, you know, one last drink and it's like, would love to spend that time with you. Let's not order that. Let's go yeah. to bed. And it's like, okay, that's that's right. And shout yeah. out to that person in your life. If you're listening and you have that person in your life that <clears throat> shuts it down, send them a thank you text right now. Yeah. Tell just, them be like, thanks for telling me to turn off Jules and Mimi and go to bed. Yeah. You know? Dude, that's, hard, that's like, you know, I think I think that's uh that's a hard thing to say to someone sometimes. It is. Yeah, it is. But yeah, uh Jules, that's also the worst thing that she could be watching at that point now. That it's like she's watching the She's kind of like self inf self inflicting her own uh, pain or whatever or stress mm -hmm. by being like, here's this person that I'm with and I can't process it. I'm going to watch the fantastical version of what our relationship should be. Isn't like, that what we all do, though? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? That's why I thought it was so great. Yeah. I mean, that's like what whenever you're sad, I, I, you don't listen to music much, John, but it's like. Whenever I'm sad, I'm not just like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta lighten things up. It's like, oh, I have like ten albums that I always go to that I'm like, ooh, we're gonna get sad. <laughs> yeah. What are your? Let's not do all ten, but give me 
Give me two sad albums. And John, do you have? Would you have any? If we no, you don't. Joni Mitchell Blue. I'll take one. I'll listen to one. One of those. Let me know. I'm sad. I'll just say album and send me one. Yeah, Joni Mitchell Blue is one that I listen to like every fall, like when the leaves change, Mm. like um. And also Bon Iver forever, uh, forever to go every fall because oh, my ones. Harlan, one of our last guests, gave that to me like when I first moved to New York. Mm. Um, and those two, it's like they feel very of like, a, you know, like when you put your coat on and it's like feels mm-hmm. mentally like back to school. And mm-hmm. like it's totally. I, I feel like New Year's. I'm not like January 3rd. Not even first, but it's like once it's actually back January, I'm never like nostalgic or de- or like I'm sort of like it's a new year. But I always get very like melancholy in the Dude. fall, and that's yes. when I bust. That's when I get very Miranda watching Jules and mm. uh, Jules we, and. So here, here's we, Mimi. Me. Here's something that I that I thought about the second time around is that I was a little bit off put by Robert the second time watching this around. Like I get his plan was to buy a cookie, eat the pizza with Miranda, open mm-hmm. up the cookie. And mm-hmm. then do you think he was going to say like something like, I love you. Uh, I, I yeah. appreciate you. You're great. Because what he did is he got her the cookie. He left. And then he came to her and was like, you What'd like you sweets, think of that huh? cookie? What'd you think of the cookie? And like, yep. I think he should have taken some initiative and been like, I know I had to run. I, I left you the cookie. I know you saw it. And it's because I wanted to tell you this. And then he should have actually yeah. said the words, I love you. Instead, he just kind of like sat there and waited for Miranda to initiate the thing that he was feeling. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. These, these are the first like cracks in the amazing facade of Robert Leeds. And I feel like when we saw it the first time we talked about it in that episode, it was like, Oh, well, you know, it's like you gave her a cookie and sure it was cute. But when I see it this time, I'm like, okay, he plans this cookie thing. So I don't know what his actual thing is going to be, but I'm guessing, I mean, if you've ever done like a grand romantic gesture for someone and you kind of have a plan behind it, I'm guessing he has that. He's obviously not just going to like, say something he's got a plan but then the other thing is he gets a call and just abandons whatever's happening right it's like leaving in the middle of a date but he just leaves this like huge cookie bomb there it doesn't do anything and then yeah days later it seems like he should have said hey um i gotta go do me a favor Call me when you open that cake. Exactly. Or call me before you open the cake. And then I, because I got a plan. Or he was like, do me a favor, open it, take a bite, and then give me a call. Something. But he just left it. And then he was like, it's been five days. That was the first time where I was like, that was a little strange. Yeah. Like if you, yeah, I I agree. Because you're you're planning the grand gesture. Yeah. And then it, it sort of just, I guess it, it, it makes you wonder, um, I guess it makes you wonder the whole just where he's coming from at all, because I mean, I guess if she doesn't mention it, then you start feeling like weird, like, Ugh. but yeah, that's why it's on you as Robert to yeah. say something. You he's know? initiating saying, I love you. Now, the thing is, is that he, it ends really up working out just for go, him. I really hope you just like went right back into why paying 80 cents for cheese is not worth it. Now, and now here's <laughs> the, the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Cheese should oh, only cost over the of as many McDoubles as I have. Like that's that's a, that's a stock that could grow. That's money towards a mortgage. Like this is no. Um, I I guess like, do we think? Here's here's a great question, a very simple one, that I think we're dancing around. Do we think that Robert Leeds loves Miranda? Ah, uh, great question. I think. Robert Leeds is ready to take the leap because I think he's really into Miranda. And this begs an even further question of what is love? Baby, baby, don't, baby hurt don't hurt me. Baby, don't hurt me. No more. No more. But what? But it, it begs the question of saying, is Robert Leeds ready to take the step to say, I'm really into you and I'm willing to say I love you because I'm moving into this. 
like and so it's and you like, know what does Corey? He... you know what Corey? oh 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 yeah <laughs> thank you hadaway oh, oh. okay thank you mr hadaway um yeah no but yeah. i i mean no i yeah yeah, yeah. i mean do you, I, I, do I don't you know. think do, okay i th- i would guess there's two reasons to say i love you both i of think which you're absolutely in love with her like I think I don't think you fall okay. in love with someone. I think love is a choice, and I think well, that's what that, that's what I was trying to get at. And I think he, if he is choosing to love her, and the complications that uh, evolve around someone like like her, like she she has a baby with someone who she's still very much active with. She lives in this building. She's like a, a career woman, and he knows all these things, and and still chooses to love her. Then I think that yeah, of course, of course he loves her. So is um, he saying I love you as an expression of his emotions or as an action towards a deeper relationship with her? Is it, maybe is that not is that why he doesn't check in with her? Because he he is saying like, Yes, I love you, but also doing this grand gesture to signal like I'm willing to take this to the next level and waiting for her, maybe sensing that he's not sure where she's at. So saying that in order to give her time and space to acknowledge she's at that level with him, or is that giving him too much credit? He's just kind of oblivious and should check in with him. I think the time and space thing is too much credit. I think, and the reason I think it's too much credit, if this is what you're saying is that we saw an interruption in the plan and he let it go. His Mm. original plan was not to get called and that one of the Knicks hurt himself on a skateboard. His Mm. original plan was we're having pizza, but there's also another box and you can have that later. And then he's like, Oh, I got to go. Okay. So I think his original plan me, it means that he was going to present this box. Yeah. That's like, that's like the lesser version of leaving the box with the wedding ring and being like, I'll be back. Like, it's just like, you got to present a thing. You can't drop a bomb like that. And then just be like, so what'd you think? Yeah, but What's I mean, the there's some, there's some context there. Like telling your girlfriend that you love her for the first time is a big deal, but mm-hmm. also contextually, one of his clients breaking his his ankle and potentially you know ruining the Knicks is also a very large deal. Huge Granted, deal. I think yeah. if he was getting married, it would have been a different story, and a wedding ring thing would have been a different story. But yeah, well, that's why um, I said it's a lesser version of that. Yeah, less. Yeah, so. I guess it's, I, I it's think really he was, I think he was absolutely in love with her. I think this this episode did a much better job of um kind of dealing with Miranda's thoughts of her being broken. You know, when she is talking to Carrie and she's like, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. I mm-hmm. think I'm broken. I can't say I love you. It's flying out of everyone else's mouth, Jules mm-hmm. and Mimi, Robert, but I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And it the payoff for that mm-hmm. is so good when her and steve are in the laundry room and it almost flies out of her mouth in the same way you know he's just sitting there holding his big dumb his big candle like an idiot and she just like can't even control it she's like i love you steve i'm sorry what about debbie i love you and it's just like ooh. the second time you watch it it really just gets you well i think it's cool too because gets you right into jewels and mimi you know re-watching it this time It was interesting to see the like the actual internal struggle that she was having when she was like saying that, like, I'm so fucked up. And that like, we all have those feelings. We all have parts of our brain where you're like, this isn't a problem for anyone else. Like, you know, and it's, it's Mm -hmm. always, we never acknowledge the 10 other things that we do well, that our friend doesn't do well. Like you always hone in on your own weakness and Miranda is not just like, you know what? Here's all of the strengths that I have. I am a good mom. And like, you know, I am, right. uh, you know, she's just honed in on this one small thing. But what's cool about the payoff of it is that the reason isn't that she's fucked up. The reason is that she loves Steve. Like it came very easily. Yeah. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. There and I think that was a that was a cool moment, but that's also like a good lesson for for love um, to follow your instincts and to listen to your know, heart when it's calling to follow for you. your heart. Mm-hmm. But also, like there was uh, the the episode was very in a good way because we've been up and down for years, but imagine the risk she just took. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, and, and Miranda is not, Miranda is extremely risk averse. She's she, not, she mm. just straight up was ready to make it awkward with her baby's dad. She mm-hmm. was about to be faced with like him being like, I love Debbie. She, she was knew about Magda to f- was going to be coming in there any second. Mm-hmm. She knew. So there's all, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's just like, for for someone like you said, John is risk averse. Like to watch her step out and just be like, "I'm not overthinking this anymore. I'm gonna go with my gut because I know this is right." Was right. was really good, and it doesn't always, you know, like yeah. I, I guess like we were so as an audience member ready for Steve to come back, and he did that. It almost within a blink of an eye made you forget how much yeah how risky her move was you, and how you almost need to you almost need to watch this episode twice because the first time you're so distracted by the beauty of debbie and robert and yeah, you need that kind of that veneer to run off rub off a little bit right and, and then really get to the meat and potatoes that is do you Steve need a veneer to rub off or do you need a debbie to rub off Ooh, <laughs> to rub off too okay i apologize i'm sorry <laughs> I uh I meant I think, Robert. I want to rub one off to Robert is what I meant. Dude, that rub, that rub joke, one off. Rub one off. What does it was, mean to rub one off? What do you mean? What do you mean rub one off? You Kevin, know what I'll say you, that joke was almost as bad as Carrie's white slavery joke. Oh, oh man. man. Wait, gotta, can we just break this down? Because like, first of all, it, it, just a pretty, pretty, pretty dark joke already if you made a sex trafficking joke Mm -hmm. but how it was such an easy move to just be like i hope i'm not going to get sex trafficked what like what is white slavery besides exactly like it's exactly what it is it's white slavery it was just like just say slavery what (laughs) it's okay in defense i'm gonna gonna tiptoe into this uh Careful, careful in defense of some not in defense (laughs) of what she said white slavery in defense of of white slavery in defense of the writing i guess um i from what i know which maybe i don't know anything i don't know if anyone was talking about sex trafficking and human trafficking back in the early 2000s and I am not saying it's a good thing to say white slavery, but I think when she's saying white slavery, I guess she means like indentured servitude or something. Like I think it's <laughs> I think are, it's like you are bending over backwards. Oh, I am. <laughs> but like, tell me, you and I have done nonprofits for for human trafficking things. When oh. was the first time you heard about non trafficking? No, I, totally. But it's like it's it's just like the most self. I I, I guess it it works for this. Um, it works for this because she, I don't think it she, works. I think it's offensive. I think it does, does work for this because she, she it, is a comic to she is comic Petrovsky? and sometimes you bomb. Okay. She, she is comic. <laughs> she took a risk. She you know tried what's to weird go though? It, the whole comic thing. It's funny. They do play it from before he says it. She's like making these friend jokes at the, the Abramovic thing. And she's like, I mean, girls got an audience and her and Charlotte's like slayed by her. And they really set that trap to be like, Carrie's funny now. And we've heard that from other guests before. And like, here's the thing, Carrie, she, I I said on the last episode, when she says the thing to Samantha about like, this is a child's birthday party. When Samantha said like, 
she does say some really funny things. But yeah. I do feel like they sort of set it up to be like, Carrie's going to be like delivering some jokes. But I, I think they need to do that with, to contrast against Petrovsky's like seriousness, his attitude, yeah, his aura of, of mysterious darkness. Well, like that, let's, that let's awesome. talk about, this is a good, good time to talk about the fact that they're, clearly in this moment where they're saying like we we've what do you do with the woman who's had everything like she's mm-hmm. she's had all these different boyfriends it's like the thing that she hasn't had is rich dark brooding like big is funny Isn't that, big's kind of <laughs> brooding no but he's funny he's a funny guy she hasn't had she hasn't had understandably mysterious guys mm. un- non-understandably mysterious yes. i mean and if she listen, has they've been like a one-off weirdo big big may be brooding and then he's just gonna pop out of the hot tub with a fucking glass of wine and be like i gotcha i'm still i'm still i'm still Big's, big 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 is brooding with like cartoon eyebrows he's always yeah. like got those things popping up all right it's brooding not- brooding is Defined as relatable. showing deep unhappiness of thought or darkly menacing. I think Burger's brooding. That's true. Oh. No, I guess he's I not brooding. Bro- no, br- go ahead, Kevin. Sorry. I don't know. I uh, When I say brooding, I guess I was thinking more like dark and serious. I didn't know there was like mm. a sinister aspect, but Burger is still like funny and he's like yeah, tries th- to banter with her. This guy, true. I think this is this guy's very Russian. Yeah. He's and like, John, you've read. I don't, I'm not sure, Kevin, you might be in this camp too. I have read very little Russian literature. I've mm-hmm. read like a little bit of Dostoevsky. John, I feel like you've read a lot of it. Fair but amount. They play up the Russian thing. And mm-hmm. I feel like he has, and also like, I, hey, I'm going to tiptoe into it again. Careful. John, you're Armenian. So like you are more versed in Slavic and just like that culture of it, like, I mean, everybody, you guys have seen a uh, serious man is a serious man. The Coen brothers movie. Where yeah. They start the thing with the story about the Dibbuk. Yeah. Yeah. Have this yeah. Cycle. It's like, there no, is it's, the like, it's Russian. It's everyone is very dark and mysterious. It's like, it's, you know, everyone is. So it's but like this that is whole thing. What, what I'm saying with that is that like, this is the writers trying to cover their, to, to say like, all right, we've shown all these different pies of like, here's what like a, a d- most girls' boyfriends are Carrie Bradshaw's people. She's gonna have to land mm-hmm. with one. Like, where's the where's the one we've been missing? And mm-hmm. this does kind of get to you guys. Show- I think I think I would I think it would be great if I could read a passage of um, Tim Robbins' Jitterbug Pure Perfume uh, regarding oh, cool. the beat to describe um, well Petrovsky and beats in general. Tim Robbins, the actor, Tim Robbins from Shawshank Redemption, Susan Brandon's ex-husband. Oh my goodness. Tell me more. I got to find it. I got to find the quote. Okay. You guys talk and I'll, I'll read right. this and I think it'll, it'll, yeah. it'll do a good I, job summarizing what I'm, I think this goes like, talking I, about. we talked and about beats, this in the beats last are very time. Russian, right? Oh yeah. Beats, beats and borscht. It's all Russian. Beats, well, they, they ate it in this, uh, they ate it in Russian Samovar. That's a that's a they went to Russian yeah, yeah. Samovar, which is in the fifties in Manhattan. I mean, like it. We talked about it in the first time we watched this, but like it goes into that thing where it's like, like you're saying, Kevin, like she's had everything, and you get to a place where you're like, life is like, yeah, why not? Why not go out with this artist? All right, He's you ready? Weird, but let's just see what I happens. I found it. This is from Jitterbug Perfume. I think this does a great job. Talking about Tom, um, uh, Alexander Petrovsky, Alexander Petrovsky as well. Alexander. <clears throat> Tom Robbins, Jitterbug Perfume. The beet is the most intense of vegetables. The radish, admittedly, is more feverish, but the fire of the radish is a cold fire, the fire of discontent, not of passion. Tomatoes are lusty enough, yet there runs through tomatoes an undercurrent of frivolity. Beets are deadly serious. Slavic peoples get their physical characteristics from potatoes. Their smoldering inquietude from radishes, their seriousness from beets. The beet is the melancholy vegetable, the one most willing to suffer. You can't squeeze blood out of a turnip. The beet is the murderer returned to the scene of the crime. The beet is what happens when the cherry finishes with the carrot. The beet is the ancient ancestor of the autumn moon, 
bearded, buried, all but fossilized, the dark green sails of the grounded moon boat stitched with veins of primordial plasma, the kite string that once connected the moon to the earth, now a muddy whisker drilling desperately for rubies. The beet was Rasputin's favorite vegetable. You can see it in his eyes. Tom Dude, Robbins. That's what here. that I wish there was the thought bubble that had all of that text right above his head as he stared at Carrie in the art yeah. museum. <laughs> How fucking this is like this is their reattempt at like first season weirdness. And they just have the thought bubble and it says all that. And all the viewers on HBO, like on Sunday night, are like, what the fuck? I'm just here to find out who what she is- ends up with. <laughs> if you it's haven't great, read that though. book. Listener, you read you read some jitterbug perfume. It is a fun and sexy book. That's I think cool. that's great. Sorry for that. Sorry that that's for that. That's all very uh, true. That's all departure. very true about beats. It's very true. I have to and, I have, and I have to, how and how Alexander Petrovsky is uh, is portrayed. Yeah, that's he, true. Yeah, totally. He's a beat. Yeah. He's a beat guy. He's a beat daddy. He is a beat guy. He is a beat yeah. daddy. Now, he is a beat daddy. Okay, hey, Julia Julia Child, the chef, she called herself a beat freak. Really. Yeah, she Damn. was in it. She there's this book of interviews I read of her, and she was like, "I'm a I'm a beat freak." So I feel like her right. and Petrovsky are both beat freaks. So absolutely. So like, let's give um, right now on. We've seen a few other episodes with him, but right now, let's give uh, let's give Petrovsky as a as a boyfriend. If we were Carrie Bradshaw, what would our um, what would our one to five cosmos be for Petrovsky? Five being, well, I guess it's just our 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 opinion. Mine would be cream cheese poppy as a five, mm-hmm. and a one would be um, burger, and a one would be burger. Where would you put Petrovsky? Three, like, two, five. Yeah, like Petrovsky. Like I know they got really bad vibes from him. Uh, the the self helpless girls. Like I think Petrovsky's done some pretty interesting stuff so far. He's definitely I odd. Agree. So like I mm-hmm. take a point off for that. Like she said, it was the oddest date that she's ever she's ever been on. The like unsolicited phone call was a little bit odd, but also kind of baller. And like yeah, also it's also it's like the early two thousands. You look people up in the phone book. Yeah. I mean it's fine. And I think I mean, like whatever. I I kind of dig his vibe. Like the look that he gave her in the beginning was like was like a little bit creepy. But mm-hmm. like I'm kind of feeling Petrovsky right now. Um uh you know he he's he's a serious dude he's trying to be funny he like has interesting parts to him he's an artist i'm giving him like a 4.25 yeah i would actually go higher than my gut reaction i would give him uh i give him like a 4 he's not he's not a poppy he's not an aiden but he's not yeah. poppy he's not an aiden um but he's but he's memorable he's high way higher than burger yeah he's I'll he's tell you like this. the weird he's like the weird one that she dated yeah i'll tell you this he's the one if you get if you get married, and uh, like let's say season Sex and City three, um, opens with Big having a heart attack, which was the rumor, mm-hmm. right? And I, I bet my guess is that he wouldn't die, because what that was a rumor. But what if the what if Big die Big having a heart attack in the shower and dying all just happened? But there was no sound. It was just the score of the show, just going dun 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 dun, 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 dun. and he's just gripping his chest oh, like oh, oh, my oh, left hand. And then it just dun 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 And then it's like pumping his chest. Sex in the city three. And then it opens up at his funeral. It has her opening the shower curtain and Okay, so my guess would be maybe he has a heart attack. My guess would be that he doesn't die and that like right. maybe she goes through the crisis of thinking he's going to die, but he doesn't at the end. But let's say that Sex and City 3 opens and he dies. L- think about it. The, in real life, there's no other person that you would circle back to. There's no way she'd circle back to Aiden because he mm-hmm. has a kid. You wouldn't circle back to Burger because that was toxic. That is the type of like lover that it's like maybe they don't they're not there forever, but it's like if something happens in 15 years, they they they're going to get some fucking some more beats over some Russian coffee. And you think she's just going to walk over pork pie. You think she's just not going to go check out the local Yaz club and check out his uh, dude. That's true. Maybe he's got maybe maybe he's on Adderall now. You don't circle. You don't circle back to people like that. Those are just chapters in your life. But when you're the biggest artist in the world, that's a person. You could go back to Slattery, too. You could go back to the comptroller. 
I don't I mean, think what's so. What's he doing now? I think he's in jail now. I think he's I had a political scandal. <laughs> Him I and think... R. Kelly are just just peeing on each other in jail <laughs> in one cell. Unless they're the best, unless they're like the best in bed ever, and they're the best, like that's the only no, person you're, you're going right. to circle back to. I was, I was to. making jokes. You're hundred. I know. Right. I know. I know. But, but, but uh, we also haven't. We also haven't seen how it ends. Like. Right, you know, that's true. It could end yeah, with true. him like trying to drown her in the Russian and Turkish bathhouse or something like that. I think it's oh, going to be. He seems like the person that would like threaten suicide. To just be like, I, I love you, and like, and not do it, but like, he has like a lot of, or he doesn't care. I don't know. I mean, you guys read. Brewing, go ahead. Were you saying? Dark. No, just that he'd be like, I love you. I'm gonna yeah. like, I'm gonna do it, but it. it I don't know. Yeah, or maybe he's he, just like a. Maybe he's not like that, and he's just like kind of distant, and he's like on to the next well, one. No, that's what I'm saying. He's got the dark, mysterious, like Russian weird artist thing. You don't know what he's gonna do. You don't know if he's gonna like threaten suicide or threaten to kill her. Like you don't. He has a lot of mystery, a lot yeah. of weird mystery, and it work and, and like it works in the later episodes where he like shows up and he's like, "I bought you this gown," you know, yeah. but like. He could yeah, be he, like a Bond villain and she could find yeah. that out and be like, oh, He's, shit, you have a you have a, like a, a mansion full of, you know, booby traps yeah. to catch secret totally. agents in. He's the count from Sesame Street. She's dating <laughs> the count from Sesame Street. Totally. Um, we, this is funny. We, we talked about doing this deep dive so we could circle back on all the stories and we we're almost like, at the end and we haven't even covered Charlotte and cream cheese. Well, let's cover we that cover, real quickly we didn't cover because Samantha and Smith at all. I, you well, know, Samantha and Smith was was in my. I mean, it's not a weak storyline. There's a lot of important stuff that happened there, namely her her owning her age, which I think is that, a huge deal. But that's huge. Yeah, I think I think Charlotte's and Harry's is like a pretty important one. And man, they play it so well. They show her mourn her loss and then just fucking own it. Coming out of that Park Avenue apartment, crushing yeah. it, looking like looking Kenneth's like microphone. A, looking like a babe. They own it. I agree. I think what's interesting is the Samantha. The it it to me it mirrors Samantha and Smith in different ways. Samantha and Smith is like such low stakes, you yeah. know. And then they sort of, you know, she like shaves it and like, and then I, I'm a little disappointed that she just decides not to tell him anything. But just, you can see it on her face too when she lies to him. When she's like, yes, I'm a busy woman. I can't have you searching around yep. down there. And then she yeah. like, kind of is like, uh. Yeah, it's played right, really well. Like I'm reckoning but, with this. But the cream cheese Charlotte one is interesting because they play it so well. Um, they play it really well. And I guess because of having to do all that in one episode, they, the Elizabeth Taylor thing is good, but they, they do make light a little bit. You know, like it's it's a little bit like she turns on the E True Hollywood story, gets inspired, puts on a nice dress, and is over her miscarriage. And it's a like it, it it's weird. I didn't take it that way. I, I took it I didn't take it that way. I I think <clears throat> I took it like what like you're sitting at home, you you're not going to this very important thing that you should be at. Mm -hmm. everyone's going to be understanding of it and mm -hmm. that it was um you know like it's kind of i thought it was even interesting that like harry couldn't be there to comfort her because it is a thing as a couple but really like i don't know the guy is sort of there to be like this sucks we were going to have this kid but it's kind of something she can only deal with on her own especially knowing how much that has been her desire and so mm -hmm. I feel like I felt like it was kind of interesting knowing that it was um I don't know it kind of showed that like this is like her kind of journey she has to go on her own and work through it on her own. Totally. Um, I yeah, I agree with that. I just think in the confines of a 30 minute TV episode anyone that we would know in real life, this is what I'm saying, it's a sitcom. You know, if anyone dealing with a miscarriage is usually like couple weeks a month or two so i mean i don't know you know like versus watching one e true Hollywood yeah. story yeah, yeah, and walking yeah. out in a pink dress and sunglasses that was the but the, but also i'm like forgiving of that because i'm like they show the arc and they and they really i think they make up for it when she walks into the party and she says happy birthday brady and you can see that she's like made peace with it and then he's like did you make a wish and she's like yes i did so i yeah. think they come around to it i just think the device is like 
Oh, you know, it's not cheap. It's just a quick device. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find, there was somebody had, uh, on our Instagram told us about, um, mm -hmm. okay. Someone said that there was, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can find it, but someone had an explanation for why it was the, um, Elizabeth Taylor. There's some mm. context there, um, that I, I will have to find to, to, uh, tell you all about it, but, um, that it was very, um, relevant, relevant. Yeah. Of mm. why that specifically. Now, when, when, when she came out wearing that dress, Kevin, your initial thought was breakfast at Tiffany's. Is that, that's like a famous. It, it, it was, but then I realized it's probably not that, but it does look very Audrey Hepburn for sure. It does look, it really does look very Audrey Hepburn. I've never seen yeah. breakfast at Tiffany's. Is there, is that like a similar, is there a theme there or a plot that we missed because I'm an idiot? Uh, I don't think there's a theme. I think it's just the look that she has. If that's what you're, I'm, I'm tracking with that, Kevin, with oh. the sunglasses and the dress. All right. Listen to this. This is from Kayleen Veenstra. Listening right now, and you guys are talking about Elizabeth Taylor is so inspiring for Charlotte. And if I remember correctly, she references Elizabeth Taylor when she first decides to convert to Judaism for Harry, because I think Elizabeth Taylor also converted for someone. I can't quite oh. remember, but there are more Elizabeth Taylor tie-ins to come. Oh, oh and I think she also, she also says Harry modeled her wedding ring after the one Elizabeth Taylor had too, or... Maybe I'm making this up. All right. There's a lot of potentially good information and potential uh, spreading of false narratives on this podcast. Thank you, Kayleen. Yeah. Thank you, Kayleen. That's great. Yeah. Um, do we want to touch base real quick on Samantha and Smith? There's not, I don't know if there was a ton that we need to like take the deep, the deep dive into. I, I, I think you nailed the things of Samantha coming to grips with her age, not even coming to grips, just owning it right there. And I do think it showed off some fantastic Carrie friend moments. Like there was a little bit where Carrie was like, all right, I'm going to count to 10 and we're done. But she, I thought she was a good friend to Miranda and Samantha in this. And I think it was like heavy stuff with her and Smith, but also pretty light, normal stuff. It, it was like an aging thing with her. I thought from a like, episode standpoint the stuff of the clown wig and like samantha's like dyed bush and stuff like that was really funny they did yeah. like a lot of like interesting funny match cuts and stuff yeah yeah the 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 clown the the bush to clown hair is one of the Fantastic. great moments in sex in the city and we won't have it otherwise yeah yeah also um, so good to see steve's mom bringing her butt heavies so good to see debbie and her getting along that's the one dude i love my right. i love let's my, let's my close this out with some Let's close this out with something we haven't done for a while. Uh, let's shut it down with a little Steve talk. Oh, wow. Ooh. You guys, it's been a very long it's time. Been a since very, Steve. It's been a, a, a long time <laughs> since we've had Steve talk. I do want to say, I love how surprised Steve was to see his ma there as if his, as if his ma would miss <laughs> her grandson's first birthday. That's well, so true. But he, he knows, he knows, he knows hey, she's someone who clearly has a drinking problem. Therefore, like uh, she she doesn't show up to a lot of events that she says she's going to be at and everyone is really hurt by it. But they're also like accepting of it because deep Dude, down she's not. Debbie, except Debbie's going to Debbie's going to crack one with Ma. Oh, that's why Debbie's the best. I, I whoever whoever rebounds with Debbie is a very lucky person. Yeah. Also, can I show you, Corey, one of my uh, favorite things I ever did for the Instagram? Sure. When watching the show on captions kind of changes the way you see certain things. And Samantha so says, good. what will Smith think? Right. Mm -hmm. When she's talking about her bush. Mm -hmm. And when we were watching it, this caption came up that says, what, what will Smith think? And so I just, <laughs> I just posted it on Instagram and just said, yo, Will Smith, what you think? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Imagine I, have our, I have our Steve talk scenario. All right. Okay. Wait, we got to play the intro. Yeah. Miranda. We're back. All right. This, this is a one man. This is a one man um, uh, Steve talk. And it's going to be Steve um, going to uh, the art exhibit with Carrie and Charlotte and, uh, and kind of pondering the 
the Abramovic style art exhibit with the lady trying to bring positive energy, bringing positive energy into the world by fasting for 16 days and bringing positive energy to the room. So Steve, I was, I was looking for my glasses, but I don't have them on for the visual, but I don't Mm. have them. Uh, wait, so Steve is at the Abramovic thing and yeah. And he is for the positivity. Is that what you're I, no, I just kind of want to hear his his internal thoughts. Okay. Uh, okay. Gotcha. So they're there. <clears throat> hey, uh, hey guys. I'm sorry I'm late. Uh, yeah, it was, it was. Whoa. Who is that woman right there? Is that Liza Minnelli? Shh. Sorry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, I've never been to an I, I've been to an art museum, but the last time was like when I was a kid. Um. And to be honest, we went on a school trip, but I snuck out to to you know slack off and go to the Mets game. Uh, anyway, Steve. Um, sorry, sorry, my bad. Um, so what's up? Is she? Uh, is this lady homeless? What's happening here? Is she? Uh, oh, she's an artist. Well, you know who else is an artist then, huh? Huh? My cousin Daphne, because she does this kind of shit all the time. Sorry, my bad. Sorry, I'll be quiet. Hey, support the New York City arts and the schools, okay? <laughs> oh, man. That was Steve talk right there. Oh, Listen, my gosh. Everyone, I, ho- I hope we covered... I, I hope we covered uh, some rusty. more some more aspects of of one of your favorite episodes. Um, it was uh, it was a joy for us to do it as well because uh, we just we just want to hang out hang out with you all as long as possible. So yeah, let us know what you think of uh, of these deep dive episodes. Let us know if there's uh, other episodes you want us to go back through. Yeah, take uh, seventeen minute McDonald's tangents and uh, talk about. We're, that was we're happy two, to that, do it. That, there's no way that was over two minutes. All right. Let us the McDo- know what you, the McDonald's know tangent. You, it was a while, dude. I'll have you a know, fifteen minute tangent about how long the McDonald's tangent is if you want. Hey, let us know this on the Instagram. I live two and a half blocks from McDonald's. Let us know if you want an Instagram live of all three of us meeting up at my apartment and walking to that McDonald's and making our <laughs> orders one night and then just doing a sex in the city talk on Instagram while we eat McDonald's. It's right. It's it's, I can see it from my back window in my apartment, a deep Let's dive into the McDouble, the McDouble deep dive. We love uh, you all so much. You're the best. Right, if you haven't, if you haven't given us a five Cosmo review on iTunes yet, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, and there's wow. one way for you to fix that. Go do it right now. That's and right. You, and we love you. All right. We love you. Follow us on Spotify. Subscribe on iTunes. Listen. Subscribe to our Patreon. To our Patreon. We love and you. Realize how, realize how much we love you. Later. And you eat that meat pudding and like it. You eat that aspic. You eat that beet. Bye, taters. <laughs> Bye. Later, later, taters. The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cabin, Kevin James Doyle, and John Sieber. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and narrated by Katie Sieber. This podcast is part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Check out all their great podcasts at seltzerkings.com. You can find the boys on their socials at The Bradshaw Boys or on their website at thebradshawboys.com. And as always, if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.